Episode 136, Presenting a Portfolio. Welcome to Rookie Designer, Episode 136. My name is Jake, and I'm here with Kitty. Hi, I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, she is. Um, We wanted to start off with a couple news items that we wanted to share the uh, first thing is we're actually really flattered to uh, have been featured on a top five graphic design podcast list on Fuel Your Creativity. We'll have a link to that uh, blog post for you guys to be able to see the other ones that are there as well, because there's definitely some good company there. The other thing we wanted to announce, and it kind of has to do with what I do for a lot of my clients, is that Facebook branding pages are going live with their new timeline design on March 30th. So if you have a branded page that you use for your design business or or your freelance work, you definitely want to take a look at that. And I'll have a link to the information on what's changing and what things you can do with that. And also, um, just to pitch in a little bit there, if you have questions on how to do that, feel free to ask. I mean, it, it's a completely um, new topic for everybody. We've found a lot of information, and it's this is funny, on Pinterest, uh, but I actually found this document that actually says like how tall and how wide each picture is on different sections of the timeline. So that alone is going to be a huge help, but if you have any questions, just ask. We would be really happy to help our listeners. Yeah, and I, I'll also... Uh announced that I am going to write a blog post this week, this coming week, about how that works. So if you're listening to this in April or later on, there'll there'll be a link in the show notes after I write that post. But that should help some people with that because it's also there to help some of my clients understand what's going on with that. Yeah. And the other news is that Jake and Pete, the Vanessa brothers, they have a show called Rookie Photog, as you all know, and they're heading to Photoshop World and there will be live tweeting during the keynote and saying like all the cool stuff they're seeing there. And I'm going to stand like stay behind. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I hope that they have a lot of fun. This one actually worked out really well because it's going to be in D.C. and Pete's on the East Coast for some business. So it actually worked out really well that the two of us could go to this. Be able to represent Rookie Photog, but also I'll be representing Rookie Designer as well. I'll put into the show notes, again, if you're listening to this, obviously down the road, you can go (laughs) back and look at some of the posts that I'll have written later when I get back as to what I thought of it and some of the things that I learned. But like Kitty said, during the actual keynote and stuff like that, we will be live tweeting under Rookie Designer and also under Rookie underscore Photog. So definitely check those out, and we'll hope you guys will follow us and see what we're up to. Okay, well, that's that's good for the news. Let's go on to our main topic today. And why don't you explain how we got this topic? So, I don't know. It was one of those nights um, working late, and then I said, you know what? I'm just going to ask around on Twitter, Google+, and Facebook if somebody has a question or a topic that they want us to address. And then James Smith posted on Facebook the following question. How are people presenting their portfolio work to clients when they meet in person? Print pieces mounted on boards? Portfolio book? iPad? I'm still mounting work on boards, but I'm wondering if that seems old-fashioned now. First of all, thank you so much for your question, James. We love to get in questions um, from the fans. And it's really funny because I think that question came in either Wednesday or Thursday, and I had a big portfolio presentation meeting on Friday morning. Because of the 
situation here in, in Guate. I don't go around with my laptop. But um, what I do is that I talk to my client beforehand and I said, can I use the laptop? Because they have laptops at, the, uh, at that office. They're like, yeah, sure. So what I did, I was I just brought my thumb drive with my PDF portfolio and that was it. But I do have a portfolio case. How would you call it, Jake? You saw it. Yeah, well, yeah, you actually have, because you have mounted pieces. Yes. And the way those mounted pieces work, do they actually they pull out as individual boards, right? It's not like a book, like an oversized no, book. No, it's not an oversized book. They actually book. pull out. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's basically a portfolio case. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a portfolio case. They're not. I have to confess, they're not mounted per se. <laughs> I mean, it's just like everything that I do that I just throw one sample in there. But honestly, throughout the years, I've done a lot of work, and it's really fun to look back into what you've done. But if needed, I do bring that to a to a meeting especially if i'm like showing off like everything that i can do i have the selection of the best pieces and sites that i've created on my pdf portfolio but i also say you know what go check my site there's links to everything that i've done regarding websites and there's also samples of more pictures more design pieces that i've done because I'm not going to board them with a 45-minute <laughs> showcase of my portfolio. Well, I think that's important that, that you keep it short because obviously you don't want to board them. Obviously, the, the actual number of pieces in your portfolio can vary, but I've heard that it's best to keep it around 10, um, 10 to 12, something like that but maybe even a little less than that, depending on what you're trying to do. And the other thing is you can organize your portfolio based on what type of client you're going after. Yeah. So if you're going to a client that's looking for some web design or a blog design or something like that, obviously the majority of your portfolio should be in that area. Yeah. So you might move those pieces. And that's the nice thing about the type of case that you have if you have them mounted you can just switch the boards around based on the type of client you're going to talk to so if you're going like i said to a web design client you move the pieces that have to do with web design towards the front now there's all these theories on how to organize your portfolio as far as where the best pieces should be and whether you should have a couple pieces in there that aren't what you consider the absolute best there's a there's a lot of crazy theories yeah. about that but my philosophy is to put the best stuff forward. Okay. You, you want to put the stuff that you're most proud of forward. Now, the order of that, I, I feel, has to do with the type of client you're going after. Yeah. Now, I don't personally have my portfolio pieces mounted. That's not something that I've ever gotten into or really done. And I think James actually brings up a really good point is, is that old-fashioned? I don't know that it's necessarily old-fashioned. It's very madman. <laughs> Yes, it's very Mad Men. And yeah, things have changed. But I think that clients still appreciate somebody that comes in with a portfolio case and says, you know, these are my pieces and they can hand them something to really look at, especially if it's printed pieces. I think that's really important because they can really see and feel and get an idea of what the type of work you're doing. Now, the only thing that I would be careful with, like, handing them the pieces is that sometimes I would go like, oh, can I keep this? Right, yeah. And, and that's where you do have to say, well, no, this is part of my portfolio. And, and I think if it's mounted, a lot of times you don't run into that. But if you're handing them, like, a postcard that you had printed, that you designed, yeah, they might want to keep that. Yeah. And it's tough when you've only got a couple of copies or that's the only copy you have of that printed piece. 
So yeah, it, you definitely don't want to run into that situation of letting them keep it. Yeah. So the client that I went to visit this last Friday was like, I, I had to present the entire, like my entire portfolio, not because I'm going to do a redesign on their, on their site, but also I'm going to be kept as a independent designer that will help them with whatever they need. I also wanted to show what clients have worked before. So it was a kind of longish presentation, but for example, in one page, because I, I'm looking at my portfolio here, and at one page I have three pieces, two of them from one client and a third one from an international client. So, so I kind of tried to balance the type of local and international work that I've done. The same with different type of companies. If somebody hands me a book that says, this is our all corporate image guide, can you follow those directions to create pieces for us? And I'm like, yeah, I can do that. And then I can also create that folder for your logo. And then I would say, yeah. And then and then they would ask, oh, you work with this? Who do you know there? And that's the type of tricks under the sleeve that you need to have. Like kind of show off your clients and kind of show off your latest work. And the work that I did last year at the end of the year with the um, OAS, I did feature that as a big project so they would see the entire project because it's very recent and it's from a big, it's a big deal. <laughs> that, that brings up another good point is that you do want to go through your portfolio every once in a while, especially if you're doing a lot of different types of work. Mm -hmm. And you want to update it because you want to have the most recent work you've done. Now, you may have something that you did a year ago that you're like, man, I, that, I feel that's the best piece I've done. Well, yeah, obviously you want to keep that in there, but you also want to keep relevant. You want to keep up to date with your portfolio so that they can see that you've continued to work and, mm -hmm. you, and built your, your skill, built your portfolio. So definitely go through your portfolio on a regular basis and pull stuff out, add stuff and things like that. <laughs> The, the funny thing is that at the end, I also, like I showed graphic design, web design, and then photography. And then obviously on the web, on the photography side, I have a lot of food photography, obviously. <laughs> so, and the, the, the meeting was at noon. So it was from noon until like 1, 1.30. And the client was like, please, please stop showing those. I'm hungry. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny, but the guy was like, I'm sorry. The pictures are beautiful, but they're making me more hungry. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but you, you see, they do their job and then the client just laughed because he's like, yeah, that, that's right. You're you doing your job. However you feel comfortable, this is the right way to present your portfolio. I think that the bottom line is that if you feel comfortable doing painted pieces mounted on boards and carrying over your portfolio case and say, you know what, this is my, my work, it's a lot of what you are going to do with it from your personality, I would say. I'm much more comfortable showing them a PDF like I am right now and then just say, I invite you to visit my site to go to every single site that I've done because there's links there everywhere. Back to how you actually present it. Like you said, you actually used a PDF on a thumb drive, which is great because then you could show it right on their laptop. And yeah. I've done that myself where I'll bring my laptop to a meeting and I'll spin it around and I'll just use the arrow keys to go through, which is yeah. pretty easy to do upside down. I mean, that that's the thing. Or if you're sitting next to the, the client and... and Basically, yeah. talking to them about each piece and why I did certain things and going through it like that. I think the other thing that a lot of people are doing right now, I mean, iPads are huge, tablets are huge. So people are starting to use their tablets as a way to 
display their portfolio. While they're not real big, they're not much smaller than a laptop screen in most cases. And so it gives them a good way to quickly show their portfolio and show it in a nice way. And it also, back to what you were saying about being old-fashioned, as much as I think mounting it has a character to it, like you said, it's what your personality is, at the same time, if you're in programming or you're in web development and you're trying to be cutting edge and you're trying to be on top of things, presenting it on a tablet is a way to show a, a client that, hey, you know what? I'm up to date on things. I'm using the latest technology to show you my portfolio so I can use the latest technology to design your printed piece or or design your website or design an interactive situation. For example, if if I had an iPad, I would totally take the iPad because the iPad would fit into inside my purse. Right. So I would bring my portfolio there. The interesting thing when you're showing your your portfolio on an iPad, I would think, I do since I don't have an iPad, is that you would show it as a picture album. And that's the other thing that I have here on my phone. I have a picture album that says graphic design, another one that says web design, and a third one that says photography. So I have very limited quantity pieces of my portfolio everywhere I go on my phone. And I, I think that it would be the same on, on the iPad. Now, you've, you've told me stories about how you've used your phone in networking situations to say, hey, yeah. this is, this, look at the work that I can do. Because most people will be like, well, isn't an iPhone ridiculously small to show your portfolio? Well, no, not in that situation. If you're in a networking mixer or something like that, it's a great way to yeah. show somebody really quick a couple samples of what you can do and make yourself even more compelling to call or to make that connection. Yeah, because they, first of all, they won't forget that you were the crazy one that showed them your portfolio on, on an iPhone. They'll want to see more. And the last time that I used it like that was maybe like three months ago. But it was just like showing somebody, you know what, there's food photography pictures or something like that. And I, and I since I have like a limited sample of the pictures, but I have like, for example, two of concerts for food photography, two of scenery. And I have like a wild selection there of pictures. The fact that the iPhone has a very nice screen, it helps to display your pieces better. Which I was actually going to bring up about the iPad that just was launched. That's one of the things that photographers are really excited about because, and, and designers, because it'll that new retina display is going to display their portfolio even better, even cleaner, even clearer, and really pop. And I think that's why a lot of designers are excited about the retina display as far as being a portfolio type thing. Now, let's talk briefly about displaying your portfolio online. Okay. I think something that we need to get across to, to rookie designers is the fact that you want that online portfolio to be easy to use. While there are all these crazy portfolio applications out there and coding out there that can make it flashy, that can make it really cool and, and do some interesting things, but you got to be careful that you don't go too far with that. And obviously, if you're that type of developer, that's important. Like if you're an HTML5 developer or something like that, yeah, you want to show off that kind of stuff. But if you're a print designer and a basic web designer, you don't want to have all this flashy stuff because one, client might expect you to be able to do that on a regular basis. But two, it's going to annoy the client 
because they just want to see what your portfolio pieces are. Yeah. They don't want all these fancy graphics or crazy music or anything really nutty like that. Or crazy animations either. Right. Don't go happy on the animations if you're showing a portfolio on, let's say, a keynote presentation. Right. Like each piece will fly in and fade in and fade out. And then the other one comes flying in from the right. And fades out, oh my god, that decline has limited time, people. And it depends on the type of portfolio you're putting together. Like, you recently shared with me a HTML5 designer's portfolio that was absolutely amazing. Now, I don't know that that portfolio would be appealing to the general public that doesn't really understand that kind of stuff. So that's where you have to kind of design your portfolio online as well as offline or yeah. or your other ways of displaying it in a way that's going to work quickly. It's going to work to clearly display what you're trying to get across and also give them exactly the type of designer you are as well as show off a bit. I mean, that's the whole idea of a portfolio is to kind of show off the type of work that you do to be a show off, to say, hey, you know, this is what I can do for you. So making it simple for them to be able to see that is important. You overcomplicate it, they're not going to look through it. Yes, and also, if you want, it, it's very important that you have a place online that people can go to, even if you don't have a web page. Try to make a, I don't know, a Behance portfolio, some place that you can have a picture and a link, especially if you work on web and you don't have a portfolio. You need to start working on that, but I'm not going to pressure you. <laughs> But the thing is that you, you need to have something that you can take into the clients. For example, what I take is my PDF portfolio. Um, Jake, you take your laptop with your portfolio there. But if you want to take your print pieces mounted, printed pieces mounted, that's a mouthful. But it's also very important that you have an online reference. Why? You need to look at the big picture. Your client might refer you. Well, the other thing is they you may sit in a meeting, show them your portfolio, and they, be, they may be going to the next step, say they have to talk to the owner or they need to sit down and make a decision if they've had several designers come in and they don't have that portfolio in front of them anymore. So what do they do? They go to your website and look through your portfolio again. So it's important to have that online access as well so that they can review it again and give them that opportunity to say, hey, that's right. I remember seeing that piece and it was really cool. And now I can see it online as well. And it kind of reminds them that you're the one they want to work with. Exactly. So it's always important that you have the offline and uh, online portfolio. But how do you present it? It's pretty much up to you and how you feel comfortable. But it's really cool to actually show clients mounted pieces if you didn't get the reference that we made before very mad men it, the um it's an amc network show called mad men which is short for madison avenue man and it's set up in the 1960s and it's all about advertising agencies and it's really cool <laughs> i've finished the series up to season five a bit ago but you, you've been watching it recently and it is it's a really cool thing to see how they used to present things because everything was on boards everything was yeah hand drawn so it's really neat to see how that stuff was done before and the fact that my father was in advertising and is in advertising and he has gone through all those steps at some point like showing the clients like that and I remember that I, that I would see hand-drawn pieces drafts that they would present the clients and my dad would be here collaring at home that's cool it's really cool to, for me to see that. And I know that my dad's going to like the show, so I, I need to get the DVDs for him. But 
that pretty much wraps it up for our main topic. Thank you, James Smith, for the topic because it gave us a lot of um, things to discuss. And please keep your questions coming. We love to answer them. Yeah, definitely. You've got other show topics you want us to cover. Definitely let us know. You can email us at info at rookiedesigner.com or you can find our contact form on the site or as James wrote to us on uh, Facebook. You can also tweet us and uh, find us on Google+. So we're definitely everywhere. online everywhere. <laughs> so you can definitely find us. Let's move on to our uh, shortcut of the week. Why don't you explain what we're going to do for a shortcut? One thing that I've noticed with up-and-coming um, designers and people that are just starting to get into the industry is that they rely a lot on their mouse. And a lot of the, the shortcuts we are doing is to take the mouse out of the way. Sometimes it's just easier to do it through the keyboard. So right now we're going to show you how to change applications or windows on your keyboard. For the Mac is Command-Tab. So if you hit Command-Tab, Tab, 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 you just go um, jumping through different applications. And Jake, what would be the um, PC equivalent? The PC version for us is Alt-Tab. And yeah, basically, if you're a designer, most likely you multitask. So you're going to have several programs open, like you might have InDesign and Illustrator open, and you, you do the vector work in Illustrator, and then you say, okay, I need to place it in InDesign. A quick way to get to InDesign is to use the Alt-Tab on the keyboard, and you can switch back and forth between the two programs without having to use your mouse and going to the bottom and selecting the icon and all that crazy stuff. It's really quick to do that. I mean, that's where I use it a lot is when I'm using Illustrator and InDesign is, is flipping back and forth so that if I need to place something, I can place it, but say I need to edit it, you can go back to Illustrator really easily and do the edits and then go back to InDesign all using the keyboard and not having to use the mouse to go back and forth. So mine for the PC is Alt-Tab. So that's our shortcut. And now we're going to go on to our app recommendations of the week. What is your app recommendation? The application that I'm recommending is the best application that I've used for, oh my God, for years. And it's called Adium. And Adium is a multi-platform chat application. So in a short, it's one application that has AOL, Gtalk, MobileMe, Facebook Chat, MSN, Yahoo, ICQ, yes, ICQ, Internet Relay Chat, which I never use, but you, apparently you can add that. Um, MySpace I am. So the, the thing is that you have all the chat applications in just one app. And you said it's it's Adium, not Audium? Yes, it's Adium, not Audium. Because at first I would say I was saying Audium, but Jay corrected me because he heard the developer say that the way that you pronounce it is to mimic Stadium. So it's Adium. Um, they are... In fact, I, I have another um, <laughs> version to install here. Um, they're updating it constantly. It's open source. It's free. It's not on the App Store, but I like it much better than the other multi-chat applications that I've found. The great thing that I love about this is that it actually syncs with my address book. So if, for example, Jake is on my um, address book as Jake Van Ness, but he has his nickname as Jake... So here I just display the nicknames instead of the entire name. The picture that you have on your contact, it actually syncs back to the phone, all the way to the phone, because he it goes through address book. So I have the most organized <laughs> address book and everybody has pictures because everybody puts pictures on their um, chat applications. 
it has a great chat transcript viewer, which is all the history of your chats. You can do file transfers. The only thing you can do is video chat, but I don't care because for video chat, I use Skype. This is only for the Mac, but for the PC, I think it's Pitgim. And there's uh, and there's also Trillion, but I like Trillion is on both platforms, but Honestly, the best thing about Adium is that you can that you can tweak it as you like. I have a very semi-transparent <laughs> contact list so it doesn't get in the way. I can change the icon so it's like nice and easy because I don't like the duck. Everybody loves the duck. I don't like the duck. But if you want to um, set it up very minimal, I will put up on the uh, podcast notes. I will link to a file with everything and the chat icons and everything so it's very minimal if you want to use that and i hope that you find it very very useful how about you what's your application jake okay well for my application i'm going to talk about a screen capture program that i use now we know that you can do it with your keyboard on windows there's already like a a screen capture thing but i i find that jing j-i-n-g yeah from TechSmith is really good. And techsmith.com is the name of the site. And they've got a couple other programs, but Jing is the one that I definitely use the most. And what I like about it is it basically puts this like sun icon and you can move it around. It just basically puts it up at the top of the screen or where you move it. And it just is barely there. It's not really intrusive, which I like. And then you just hover over it and you can click on a little, uh, it almost looks like a, like a site for a gun type thing and you could click on that and and it'll allow you to either take a screen capture of your whole screen and as you move your cursor around it'll change automatically what it's trying to take a screen capture of but you can also click and drag to create a box around what you want to screen capture once you click and drag you can actually move if you need to resize it, if you need to make it bigger, or you need to reposition it a little bit, and then you just hit capture, and it'll capture that section. And what I like about it, too, is that you can actually add text to those captions very easily. You can add arrows, you can add boxes, things like that. And I've used this for a couple of tutorial posts that I've done for Prepressology, my business blog, and also for Rookie Designer. And it's really easy to be able to put those notes in there for somebody to be able to see like if there's several steps you can put like this is step one in this section and then step two is down here especially if you're doing like menu captures yeah it does a really good job of that so i've been really happy with this you can save the captured image to a folder or they have a service where they'll host it for you as well and when you capture and save something it also keeps a list of the last so many captures that you've done so if you need to go back and resave a capture that you might have edited wrong or deleted or something like that you can actually go back through and find those captures again uh as well as the like image screen capture it also does video capture now i haven't played around with it too much I need to go back and do that, but it does do what it's called screencasts as well. And I think I'm going to give that a try for maybe doing like a video tutorial or something like that and see how that works. And it does video as well as voice. So that's pretty cool. It also makes it very easy to share your captures, whether it's a screen capture or or it's a screencast. You can share those on Twitter and Facebook very easily. Uh, There's a lot of different options. It makes it easy to share. I know that you've used it for a couple of years already. That also runs on a Mac, right? Yes, it does work on a Mac as well. 
I'll, I'll put the system requirements in the notes. Okay. Actually, I'll put a link to the site as well so you can get it. But the best part about all of this is it's free. There's no cost involved to use Jing. Or Adium. It, it's a great <laughs> screen capture. And I've used it for uh, when I'm doing some web development stuff and I'm doing it locally and I want to show a customer, like I, I do a lot of WordPress development. So if I'm doing something locally on my computer and I don't have it out there for them to be able to see, Jing does a great job of, of being able to screen capture what I'm working on and be able to send it to the customer so that they can see the layout, the colors, things like that, and kind of give them an idea of where things are going and make sure that we're on the same page. So I've used it that way a couple times for business. That's good. Definitely a good program. We'll have a link to that as well as uh, ADM in the show notes. And one last bit of news that I completely forgot to mention before. I got picked to go to TED, Guatemala City. Yay, TEDx. Actually, it's not a TED event. It's a TEDx event. So it's going to be next weekend. But I'm going to give you, the guys, all the the information from that. Because Jake's going to to an event and so am I. (laughs) (laughs) Now, will you be tweeting while you're at that? event now how can people find you i am on twitter as ikitty okay are you going to use that for your twitter handle for tweeting about that stuff or will you use rookie designer no i'll I'll be using my own okay but definitely i'm going to pimp the podcast and mention it and also mention rookie photog and my cooking site and my personal business and i'm going to talk a lot and it's pretty cool because last year i got the chance to go to one also i think it was september or august september around those dates and it was really fun it was i i think it was 150 people right now they increased number of attendees to 500 but i still got had i had to go through a pre-screening i think it <laughs> Is, yeah, yeah. But you fill information out and everything. So, um, yay, I got in again. Woohoo. Very cool. So I'm happy and I'll definitely keep you posted. Yeah, we'll, we'll look forward to hearing about that because I would think with the up in attendance, they will probably bring in even bigger speakers too. So, and I know there were some really good ones last year you talked yeah. about. So I look forward to hearing like what speakers came and what they talked about because obviously TED events, whether it's a TED, like the main event or if it's a TEDx event, are always awesome. I mean, they just bring in the best people for those things. Yay, we're both going to very cool places. Well, I think that's going to bring this episode to a close. And before we go, we'll do what we always do. We'll go through and mention that you can find us on Twitter at Rookie Designer. Find us on Facebook at Rookie Designer, Google Plus at Rookie Designer. And you can also email us at info at rookiedesigner.com. You can also find our website at rookiedesigner.com where we have show notes for everything we've talked about in this episode. And you can also find show notes for previous episodes there as well. You can also find us on iTunes to subscribe. And we'd really appreciate if you would rate us and leave a review. We've had one that came up and we'll really appreciate the person that did that. We've had a couple ratings as well. And we really appreciate the people doing that because it helps others find us and we'll continue to grow the network. So it's really cool that people are doing that for us. Yes. Thank you, Neil from Minnesota, that you rate us five stars and it says fresh, honest, and actionable information. Woohoo! Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Neil. Everybody's a rookie before they're an all-star. 